0: The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess. All you have to do is add hot water wherever you go. Each tea pack is individually sealed. It's nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh. And it's got this special full immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue or no staples. So there's no weird stuff floating around in your coffee steeped is a benefit b corp they ethically source all their coffee their packaging is fully compostable and they believe that business should be done without compromise you can get your hands on steeped coffee packs at SteepedCoffee.com. that's s-t-e-e-p-e-d coffee.com asking your local retail stores to start carrying steeped or having your favorite roastery reach out and kind of get in touch if you're in santa cruz come on by any of the cat and cloud locations we have it there for you basically they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry make your Life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. Hey Chris, clean
1: clean the dogs' box up. <laughs> the dog box. Clean up the cat and dog cat box. And dog. Cat, job, cat and dog. Your job? Should you choose to accept it? Slash, you've been assigned by your wife. is to clean. I'm gonna say no. Oh snap! I don't want to clean. I don't want to be. I don't want to do any of that. Marital I issues.
0: I love marital issues. I mean, if you don't have marital issues, you don't have a marriage. You don't have a conversation.
1: Yeah. No you don't conversation. have conversation. What happened? What are we doing? What are you I don't how, know. Who are we? It, well,
0: marital issues. Let's talk about marital <laughs> issues. Hey, um, Dustin, Whitney, <laughs> talking to you guys. We love you. Highbrow Coffee. Represent. They the were part of the partner forum. And it was so funny because they were the only husband and wife team there. Yeah. And the moment when they were sitting on the couch together talking about the muffins and the pastry there was some brief 30 seconds where they cuz they're both pretty mellow yep and they were both talking about different things at the same time and it was awesome not interrupting each other but also not really
1: they had a moment they were not tracking and it was a classic. This weird overlap and then it came back together and it was pretty cute oh yeah they did it. actually i i figured they do they do a really good job of having like legit conversations that are, like, business as a, as a husband and wife do. I felt like that was pretty I amazing. I thought, too.
0: Yeah, there, they, there was no point in time... There was a lot of honest expression, but nobody got riled up. No personal feelings. There was no
1: defensiveness yeah. or... It was good. Nothing uh, like that. Mad props. So wait, back up, because you mentioned something called the Wholesale Partner Forum, and I don't know if we've talked a ton about that.
0: Yeah. it's the So sec- what,
1: what happened, y'all?
0: Well, it's the second year that we've done it. It's kind of Alex's brainchild. And basically, well, I think actually, to be fair, Alex put it all together, but I think originally, originally, Charles maybe had the concept for it. Right. Uh, so
1: just credit where credit's due. I mean, he's all, Charles has always wanted a, just a, in general like an entrepreneurial business forum thing. So it probably stemmed from that and became more about our Yeah, a Charles partners. loves his EO. He yes, loves he his does.
0: entrepreneurs organization. And I'm going to give you a plug, Charles, a free plug. I've never been to EO. Well, I did speak to his group one time. But if you, you know, need some entrepreneurs that you can really jive with, Chuck loves EO. Chuck loves Zio. There's a pa- apparently a chapter in every major city. He he plugs it whenever he can. So I'm just plugging it for you, Chuck. It's Chuck's Adult Frat. It's Chuck's Adult <laughs> Frat. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. And the the partner forum is basically a a place where a bunch of our exclusive wholesale partners can come together, and it's a combination of coursework. Mm-hmm. So we're presenting for them. You presented about mm-hmm. culture, Kristen presented about education, Tanner was there, Charles was there, I did some stuff. And also a place that's kind of a safe space for conversation between people who own businesses because business being a business owner comes with its own unique set of challenges. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that people who don't own a business can relate to and sometimes it can be a little bit scary to talk about those things. So the Partner Forum is a place to talk about those things. And my favorite part of the forum is that it's not just us telling them what they need to do. Not at all, yeah. It's it's more collaborative yeah. than that. So here's some ideas that have worked for us, mm-hmm. and then let's talk about it. And yeah. I got a bunch of ideas from them as well and was really inspired by some of the way that they do business. But mm-hmm. I, I, it's just there's not a lot of places where you can come together
1: like that. No, I was I was pretty into that part of it. I liked the idea of, you know, we present things to people, but it's not... You're totally right. Like, the way we presented it wasn't like, this is how you need to do it. It is, this is really important to us and how it works for us. And then afterwards, there's a bunch of, you know, Q&A discussion. And, and that's where I think a lot of... I mean, first of all, when you hear all of what we presented, right, You they heard, what, five-ish keynote talks yep. all in. And you hear all that, and there's a ton to just unpack because you're getting 30 to 40-minute conversation. Not conversation. You're getting 30 to 40 minutes of information that have been thought through by one of our five people who spoke. And then you have to kind of sit on that and digest it and process it. And so it was really interesting to have our talks They were all poignant and powerful and then to see them kind of like ramp up as they were processing live time like what was happening and almost see certain parts of it land and then questions come up and and my favorite parts were all the discussion in general and just listening to the vulnerability and kind of like the on the fly not even necessarily problem solving but more like expression of what was happening and, and taking in information and perspectives from a lot of different pieces, people from all over the country, really.
0: Yeah, it's super interesting because they're all in really different places Mm -hmm. as businesses. And so there's Highbrow Coffee, the team we mentioned earlier, husband and wife team. They're a Business that they've been running it for three years, mm-hmm. but the business has existed for about six. So they bought it from someone else and they're experiencing a unique transition from cool where this business used to be something else, we're making it into this thing. Mm-hmm. And our journey is different than someone like Kevin, who owns the Locks bagel shop. Right. Which just go look at their Instagram because you know, you hear the word bagel shop and you think, cool, it's like a little bodega yeah, with random plastic. bagels. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's fucking insane.
1: Yeah. And he's, you know... So he's in Columbus, Ohio, right? He's in Columbus, Ohio. And then uh, Highbrows, Franklin, Tennessee. Franklin, Tennessee. Which is Tennessee. just southeast, if I remember correctly. Southwest, maybe, of Nashville. And Kevin's
0: been a chef for years. Worked in the food industry, mostly in fine dining. Yeah. Michelin-starred kind of situations. And... This is a whole, you know, he's got a ton of experience in that world. He's had locks for six months now. It's a brand new business. Brand, brand new. And then they're in a completely different zone than like Kyra and Copica. Right. And Which is a coffee shop slash music venue. Mm-hmm. And they all have like really different. Wait, where's she? She's in Grand Junction, Colorado. Grand right? Junction. Right. Yeah. yeah. They, they all have really different visions. Yes. Really different, really different zones. But I. I love how, f- how bought into what they're... Everyone's so passionate about what they're doing. Right. And the ones This is going to make me sound like a, a, a total dick, so I'm sorry <laughs> if you were there. I don't, I don't want it to sound like this. But the, the ones that I love the most listening to were Kevin and, and Kyra, because they have really interesting, unique concepts, but they're both able to really speak on... Why they're in business And I find that So compelling And mm, it's not I, I don't think The other people That were there Don't have a compelling reason For being in business I think right. everybody does I think they're just Really awesome At articulating You ask Kyra Like what do what, what you guys Like what's Copica All about Right Radical inclusivity Right That's our thing Right um, And Kevin is so Dedicated to food And, and his ingredients right. And not compromising On anything hmm And it's uh, they both have their own challenges, but they're the way that they talk. Like Kevin's fucking fired up.
1: Well, and they're so they're just so different, you know. Like he obviously comes from a place where, and he is. He told he talked about being direct and assertive, and it's like he is that. But he's also he's open. He's he's into having conversation, and his expression is it seemed just really clear and thought out. Yeah, and and also, but even in the juxtaposition in what you were saying about Kyra is true. She new but her expression I guess maybe is similar to mine like it's more wordy there's more like touch base points around it and so even though you could lump them into a similar category in terms of knowing what they want their expression is so different like the locks they only serve our drip coffee and then kopika has got the whole Kit and caboodle, you know, it, it was it was really fun to listen to everybody get into it, and it's funny because uh, her Kyra's expression kind of matched
0: the business because when yeah. she talked about what the business does, there's all these different mm-hmm. kind of different arms of it, mm-hmm. and that is tying into her her mind, which is, yeah is a lot like it's like very ethereal. She got a lot of ideas, right? Like it, like there's a lot of
1: possibility. We can yeah. do, we can do a lot of different things. How, how do you figure out what the hell to do? It and I mean honestly. I, I mean, I can even relate with that in the current time of transition that we're in right now. So, you know, like you spoke on some stuff about kind of owner mental health, you know, it was really cool because you went into some, some journal entry stuff and you kind of opened up to the squad about like how things were feeling at times and how they come and go, whatever. But I was thinking about it too this morning and it's in this transition where we have people who just are absolutely crushing it. You know, like you see Kristen and Tanner give these these talks and i'm more than like proud dadding i'm like i'm feeling really grateful that we have people and even alex too alex facilitated the thing so i'm not including him when i say talk so he obviously was there in mark too. but listening to Kristen and tanner deliver what we've all been working on but they have been taking the lead on for a really long time was like it was so empowering and it made me be like okay I'm again in another transition where that used to be the stuff that I would work on. And we have this store and it opened when I was at Aptos opened soft open when I was on my anniversary. And that's one of the coolest things in the world as a business owner. Cause as a business owner, we're supposed to not be the reason the business works. We can't be the only reason, you, you know, be. like and you're not supposed to be right. Mm. So every time, For anybody out there, I'm just saying it. If there is something that only you can do in your business, that's a problem for one. So our job in general is to work on making things work without us being the reason. However, when that happens, it feels weird. You mentioned it yesterday. It feels weird. It feels like, where's my value now? And the value is still there. Like, you have to understand your value is still there. But I'm starting to find this thing where it's like, what's my task? For those who are task-oriented, who those who are doers like myself, there's the truth, which is you're still very impactful when you have your conversations and you're guiding and you're helping and you're coaching and you're, you're even being a soundboard. But then there's the other side of it where sometimes your feelings are, are real. Like you like to feel like you're able to get something really powerful and meaningful done for the company. Mm-hmm. And through this transition, in a positive way, we've effectively passed off a lot of things to leaders who honestly are probably better than me at a lot of the things that I was doing. Good. Feelings for me. Not necessarily good because I'm like, what's my next big project that I can like bite into and feel like I'm owning and moving the needle forward in the context of going back to Kyra. A lot of things feel really interesting and important right now because we have a lot of great ideas. And so that's that's something that I'm I don't even know if I'm struggling with, but it leads me to a place where. I usually am, have clarity to focus, and I get really excited about going after something. Yeah. I'm currently in a place where I'm not necessarily specifically excited about any one thing more than the other for the maybe the first time since we opened our company.
0: What do you think is most exciting to you right
1: now? Legitimately, I don't know because I'm like not specifically in charge of running the things that I have been excited about doing. And that's good. So it's real. Like I'm, I'm totally being vulnerable and honest. Yeah. There's a number of things that I could dive into and get excited about. I would say if I were to sing singularly, that's not even the word. It would be, it would be some form of teaching and speaking to our team to re-encourage and focus. And there are a number of topics one of which would be kind of breaking down that culture topic and do like a maybe more simplified version that I spoke at our, mm-hmm. at our... But I mean, more than that, like, just espresso theory and getting into the... Like, a lot of conversations and meetings... Meetings are the wrong... Keynote, I guess. I really would love to be speaking and helping educate and drive a lot of conversations and kind of do for our team what we did in a way yesterday.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that is also... That's kind of where well i'm I'm there and I'm somewhere else too. that was really I love that format yeah i love the I love the format because when you do a talk like that, you get to really i don't i don't know why it feels like this, but you can almost be more honest than you can be, be more open, and give like a greater like breadth of information and perspective than you could on these little one-to-one quick touch bases. Yeah. Um, and then just like what happened over the last couple days, because you're speaking to a group of people, what you say is naturally going to generate more conversation. Yep. And that conversation that happens is going to lead to an even greater understanding of the topic, which... it. it it doesn't always happen when you're doing, like, on-the-floor trainings or quick touch bases because usually, as, as helpful as those are, they're done in the midst of doing something else as well. Yeah. So it's not pure, like, mental energy. You know, you have, like, an on-the-floor coaching moment. Someone does something. You pull them to the back and be like, hey, like, how, do, how does this feel? Right. Let's, let's try this. And like, cool, awesome. And then you're back to work. And you log that, you know, maybe you follow up, but it's not really a place where you could have a 30 minute conversation Mm -hmm. and really, really understand. And you said things about culture that people in our company probably don't understand, even even though we have a really strong culture. If everybody in our company watched your talk, they could be like, I get it now. Like I get it on a deeper level, why this is so important. And... I was thinking after we were done I was like man I, in some ways I like I like speaking to other people more than I like speaking to our own staff but what you're telling me now is like I don't it, it's not who I'm speaking to it's the format that you're doing it in in the, in the discussion that it creates I
1: totally so yeah I agree what was happening and it's kind of been sinking in is the difference between teaching a class and giving a keynote with the ability to discuss, right? So when we do, and we've put together such amazing, truly, like amazing classes, Kristen teaches them, Tanner teaches them, I've taught a few, but when you teach the classes, and maybe we can work this in to to kind of reframe it somehow, but what happens is people come in expecting to learn something, digest it, and leave. Like it feels like there's an ex. I believe, this might be wrong, I believe people come in and feel like, okay, I'm here to take what they say and then do it. And it's not necessarily 100% for just the sake of cultural immersion, understanding, and the ability to, like, tangibly make it your own in our company. And I think that's maybe what the difference is, is there's a freedom to explore more, to question, but to also dive deeper with your maybe facilitator for lack of a better term. And and, and it's just like a mindset shift, right? The owners come in from these other places and they're like, I don't have to do any of this stuff. And I think we need to find that balance in teaching where it's like there are going to be non-negotiables that come out of what I'm about to talk about. But what's more important is that you grow as a human being and you have a better fundamental understanding of where we're coming from because that allows you to really align where you really deeply, truly align with us and become a powerful person with us.
0: Most of the talks that we did don't have, they don't necessarily have action items associated with them, right? Mm, Their thoughts, their ideas. So I feel like through the process of if we did this with our team, let them digest it. It's not about here's what you need to do. It's all, here are thoughts, here are ideas, here's the framework that you can now apply to those non-negotiable things. It helps you understand the non-negotiables better, Mm -hmm. and it gives you a a deeper understanding of what's going on. I'm completely down with that. And I think aside from doing stuff like that, which I think would be really, really energizing, there's... Gosh, again. I keep saying things that make me sound like an asshole. I know I know that people are going to understand me though. There's money left on the table with people like Tanner and Kristen yep. and Alex. As awesome as they are and as like high level as they are and they're doing amazing stuff and it was like as amazing as their presentations are, they could be better and I think they all crave feedback and right. I think we owe it to them to also spend a good deal of time with them and connecting the dots. Still with upper leadership,
1: totally, and not being like, "Cool, you're you're dialed." Yeah, have a good time. Because no, I don't think that makes you sound like an asshole. I mean, that's that's continuous growth. I mean, it, at the end of the day, we're responsible for our own right. So what we do, guaranteed, what will happen, right? Is you and I will listen back to because we recorded these things for our, for our wholesale partners to be able to revisit and and you know continue to process and digest and whatever else Alex decides to do with them. But I guarantee you, both of us listen back through, and it's like oh, I could do this better. Or for instance, I even knew, as soon as I was done, I was like, there are a lot of activities that I haven't been able to put together for this exact thing that I could have gotten a lot more inclusion and a lot more critical thinking kind of forced into their brains on the table that would have allowed them to maybe connect dots for themselves quicker. Because a lot of my conversation essentially breaks it down like this. Culture is amazing. It's majorly important. It's extremely hard. It will not happen quickly. It will take a lot of time and thought. And that's like the most... And then, you know, mission, vision, values, and some of the details. But like the overarching themes are, this is one of the most important things you can ever do. It will not happen quickly. It will take a lot of thought and time. And it's going to be a journey. And that's like a sum up of something that can leave somebody feeling overwhelmed. Because it it is actually an overwhelming thing to do. But I could... And we could take some little activities and facility facilitate them and help people jump probably days into that exploration phase in that context of an hour or two. Months sometimes, weeks sometimes for them, because we've gone through it for a number of years. What do you think you would do? Like what's one thing that came to mind? You know, like so when when you asked what's one way to do it, and there was that there was one of the many different i honestly there's maybe m- too many and that's part of it the too many things that i think could be helpful based on just journaling journaling and learning but even just the simple one where it's like hey for one week write down 10, 10 values that you believe you want to keep and write down 10 things that you for sure they're like this will never happen in our business and you do that for 10 days see where there's consistent overlap and then kind of find like your keywords to describe the consistencies right in. in even doing that just one time and then making everybody share it and then talk about why would probably, and then make them speak to some of the actionable things they do in the Mm day-to-day that defend why they wrote those things down, make them be like, yes or no. So, you know, like we talked about radical inclusivity a lot and we also talked about how maybe that radical inclusivity was a negative thing at times because it led to uh, shared leadership, where there needed to be singular leadership from the top down, a couple times, right? Yes. And we didn't. It wasn't like a call out and it being negative. It was like, hey, when you over lean into just that without some supporting things, it could be negative. So, even an exercise like that could maybe poke a hole or give some clarity into where there needs to be some balance or something of the sort. You know, for sure. And and I think the taking that
0: step to go cool what am I trying to say? The matching is really key. Yes. Like, here's what I believe in. Here are things that are really important to me. And then looking at your operations and how are you doing that every day? And I think for a
1: lot of people, there's probably a pretty big gap there. I would say that's one of the most important things is seeing that. Because, I mean, it was really cool uh, going back to the one where Julia and you talked about how coffee is not the most important thing for you. You know, if there was one thing that I actually got to do was kind of call out that they had values at the time that they didn't actually love. And she, that, that's not even, that's not, it makes me sound like I'm dissing, but at the time, that was how it worked. And and through that process, somebody could say like, oh, we have all these values, but we don't actually do anything to support what we say. And that is extremely powerful. And I think for her in that context, and I think for anybody who does that, it's a game changer for you. Because then you can be like, oh, that's, it's actually okay. We don't have to have that value. Yeah, We can have a value that means something to us, and everybody who comes in our doors can see that value and know that it's the truth. And I think that it may be, you know, some exercise that allows somebody to begin that process and to fully tangibly grasp the difference between a value that means something in the sky versus a value <laughs> that means something in our ha- hands, hearts, and souls when we use it, you know, um, is. I, I get juiced up thinking about that because I love the ability to, to like create something that feels huge and ethereal and make it work. Like that's really what I love to do and find a way
0: to make it work. Yeah, the definition is super important. You know, We keep talking about radical inclusivity, but that can mean 15 different things to 15 different people. Right. So even if you feel really good about it, putting, putting some words to it or some practical applications to it, like how does it work for you? How do you exercise something like radical inclusivity? Because we had two examples of things through what we were talking about that could have been radical inclusivity right. interpreted two different ways, mm-hmm. and that's confusing. And we had to do the same thing for the things that we believe in. Mm-hmm. You know, What does care mean? Does, care is one of our values. Does right. it mean that we just do anything for you? Because that what makes that's what makes you feel good, and that's what care is? Because my business cares... It, for me, no, no. Right. Care is actually a two-way street. The half of the weight is on you mm-hmm. to exercise care with yourself, show up ten out of ten all the time, and not let your own whatever it is get so far down the road to where you're coming to work
1: like a big old steaming pile of shit and right. can't handle it. Yeah, and then the same thing for a mission. What leave leave people happier than we found them? Guess what? It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that it'll make you feel happier if we just give you this and give you that and give you this. It'll actually make you feel happier and healthier if we hold you accountable, help you grow to become a better person through maybe some hard times and some hard conversations. That is actually what it means. It doesn't mean what we said, candy canes, rainbows. And those things are important. And it is not... We're talking about it because we've explored it and we've also explored how it doesn't work over only three years. You know, like... Guaranteed. Five years from now, we're going to have a lot clearer pictures around this stuff. But you know, if I'm going to be honest, that's part of the the um, the not the discontent of where I'm at right now. It's knowing that we aren't as clear as we'd like to be on all levels, and knowing that we're up to 50 team members, which is also, you know, it's that mishmash of like we should be celebrating and we deserve to celebrate because we've. Done some amazing things. On the flip flop, being you posted on your Instagram, kind of perfectly. It's seeing all that could be. You and I both, in our own different ways, always see what could be, and we. And so I'm oftentimes wondering, like, man, you know, like, are people, are people with enthusiasm? optimizing their opportunity to talk about the two new just simple things like the single origin coffees that are brewed differently that are tasting amazing at this place are they sampling them out are they just simply asking people like hey how was your experience today because those things actually take a service experience to the next level and initiate conversation are we you know like are we doing all those front-facing things that we have teachings on but unless you're surrounded by people doing them all the time they don't necessarily become habits and I know I'm really good at those things. And so I'm like, man, it can't be on me only. But we, I need to figure out and see that these things are starting to happen. And they are, but they're not happening at a, at the level they could be happening. And I think that's normal. I think that's part of growth. Every time you add another 10 to 15 people to your establishment and spread your leadership team across all those people, you're going to have these you know, if you picture a graphic, it, it, like it goes up and there's a dip and it goes up and there's a dip and it goes up in the dip. And that's why I'm, I'm considering that like the overall quality of the experience. But the trend is always up and better. You're always going to have those little, for lack of a better term, backslides when you grow. So that's natural. I wish it didn't happen. And then there's just like, I'm just being vulnerable and experience and telling everybody that, It's hard when you're up there, when you feel like you can see things and you need to trust that your leaders are actually caring enough to pay attention. And they are. My team is definitely. They're also going to make mistakes, which is also good because they will and are the kind of people who will grow from those mistakes. And I need to be okay with all that without stepping in and fixing it for them. And that is a really unique place to be as an owner. And I don't know where I just was going with that, but I'm more just expressing some shit that's on my mind.
0: That seems that seems fair. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because this is cathartic for me too. So thanks for listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got all my juice out yesterday. I got to. It was good. I got to spill my guts everywhere, and it was I was I was like nervous. I'm like shaking. I'm like I don't know. The stuff I'm about to say is gonna make people think I hate my life or something. And that wasn't. I don't think it no. came off like that at the end of the day. But no, that was didn't. that was like an actual fear. In the beginning, so how do you like stepping back? Like how
1: how do you? Well, now wait, wait, wait. That? everybody's wondering what what Chris talked about. Chris read a legitimate <laughs> journal entry. Oh yeah, so I mean, I where he was struggling with some feelings and thoughts.
0: Yeah, I had. I mean, I did a talk about owner mental health, and it was it was based around some were some like truths or things that I've I know to be true about owning a business. Yeah. And then some are just feelings that business owners will experience. Guaranteed a- and, will experience. And to, to kick it off, it was just a really, I don't know if I'm ready to do it right now, no, but like, you don't a, got it. A, a, like a journal entry. So, so, an agreement that I have with myself, it, which it's interesting that I even have to make this agreement with myself. and I, And I think that speaks to the. The pressure that we feel as a business owner to constantly put things in the positive. You know, you know, people ask you questions like, "How's business?" Like, what are you supposed to say? You know, I mean, business is good, and business is good. Yeah, I like say, at the end business, of the day, business is really is good. good. Yeah, you, you know, I saw Dave and Joan across the street this morning. Oh. They're like, "How you been? How are things?" And I'm like, well, "Things are good." Yeah, like. What kind of question is that? What am I supposed to say? Right. You know, there, there's, there's, you're all better than yours. There, you know, <laughs> it's like, what are you gonna say? <laughs> yeah. And I, I understand that that people are they're polite and they're having some conversation. It's Our culture. To say it's that just our culture. Yeah. yeah. So I, I get that, but it doesn't give you space as a business owner to express things on your mind. Yeah. In a way where people can understand them, because if I, if I told them, if someone asked me like, "How's business?" and I'm like, "Actually, today's the most stressful day of my life." Right. Because this, that, and the other,
1: mm-hmm.
0: sure—that's that's really honest, that's really vulnerable, but it doesn't really paint the whole picture. No. So my release has been through through my writing, right? And I I was I noticed that my I was writing in the morning, and I'm writing about you know how work's going, how business going, how is my life going, and I found myself lying to myself in my writing. Oh, interesting. E- even though no one is gonna read this stuff, huh. like it's not for anybody else to see right. but myself. I found myself not really acknowledging my own feelings and mm. feeling a lot of pressure to still paint things in a light to where if someone found this journal somehow right. and they read it, they would still be like, Okay, cool, like everything's good. Like we're oh, we're we're good. Yeah. And I didn't really and enjoy that, and I think part of part of the switch was I, I started writing. I'm like, oh, maybe I can write some stuff down and compile it, and like people can read it, mm-hmm. and, and that'll be useful for them. But then I I kind of started doing that social media thing to where if you're in a feedback loop of any mm-hmm. kind, you're aware of that feedback loop. Yeah. So whether or not I, I do uh, Instagram or YouTube and say like I'm not going to look at the likes, I'm not going to look at who comments or whatever, in some way you do, and in some way. I, even if it's not conscious, that's going to affect the things that you create and the things that you write. So it's true. I, I made a deal with myself. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to share this shit with anybody. This right. is for me, and I need to be committed to being 100 percent honest to it. Got and it. So when you decided so, to do that, your brain switched. My brain. I mean, it, it helped a lot. It yeah. was just, it was a place for ideas to live outside of my brain. Yeah, that were not subject to a feedback loop. Yeah. They don't do anything, right? They don't do anything. Like, I can be completely honest under the safety of knowing no one's going to misinterpret this. No one's going to take this the wrong way. This is just pure expression of my feeling. And it's kind of like, you know, if, if there's an emotion going on, if you name it and claim it, even if you don't change anything else uh, that helps you that feel helps a lot. you feel lighter yeah. you're like okay cool that's and you call you called me yesterday you're like hey this is something that's on my mind i just got to talk about it yeah just got to get there's it out there's no here. solution there's no whatever i i just need to i just need to claim this real quick right. and, and then we can move on with our day and that's really helpful so through doing that which has been incredibly awesome right we we were coming up to this wholesale partner forum. Alex did a survey of what, you know, what do people want to learn about? Right. And he's like, Yeah, you can talk about storytelling, and, which I think is super powerful. But through the surveys that we gave, nobody, it was like the lowest topic that people wanted to hear about. Mm, like, nobody really wanted to hear about storytelling. And I, was thinking, well, you know, people think they know how to tell great stories. I right. think I think if you can tell great stories, it's it's one of the biggest assets you can ever have in your business. Yeah. But I was like, honestly, Alex, I feel really comfortable talk uncomfortable talking about something that no one wants to hear about. Yeah. Because people are flying across the country yeah, to they come really here. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's yeah. people coming from as far as Baltimore, Baltimore. It's about as far as you can get from here. For two days to in the States. To, get something that they can learn and apply. So yeah. w- what's something that I think I can talk about that will help people? Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I guess I can talk about the emotions and like yeah. owner mental health. And again, the goal wasn't to give people actionable items that they can do, but the goal when I decided to go down that road was build some understanding Mm. Create a safe place for conversation right and and just allow people to know that, hey, I'm sure you all have these thoughts too. right. It's okay. also completely normal. Also in a business like ours that basically preaches nothing but positivity, right These feelings still exist. yeah, and that doesn't mean that you're doing the wrong thing. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you need to stop your business. It doesn't mean sure. that your life is just gonna explode. And so I took one of those journal entries and I'm like, man, this isn't really written for anybody else to read. And that's why I I was nervous. I'm just like, cool. I'm like literally kind of shaking a little bit and felt super exposed in the vein of hopefully someone can listen to that, resonate with it, we can have a conversation and then they can move forward in a way that, you know, whatever works for them. Because I don't know everybody's challenges, but... So that
1: <coughs> I think I mean, it worked. I mean, I, I think it opened up the conversation. It opened up the the space to allow people to kind of get a little deeper, and it, it just it broke the ice on a different level, right? On an emotional level,
0: right? It cuts
1: yeah. a it cuts
0: even <coughs> even with conversations. Excuse me, even with conversations that get, didn't go down the owner mental health route, I think it broke down the vulnerability barrier to right. allow people to talk about some specific challenges on a on a deeper level, mm-hmm. and
1: That's awesome. I think it levels the power dynamic too a little bit. Because at the end of the day, we're like the theoretical successful company leading these other companies in a thing. Yeah. And when stuff like that happens, they're like, okay, these are real people just like us. And I think they feel that way. But to have it like confirmed in a way where somebody is vulnerable, actually, the Lencioni book, the Getting Naked book, is a lot about a similar idea. It's just like, hey, if you can, if you can like bring reality to the your reality of imperfection and, like, to the table, you're probably going to get more done because people can feel like they relate to you. Even if you are 10 million times more uh, able, you know, like you have the the capacity to do with a ton more than them, they're going to feel more comfortable getting after it with you, knowing that you are all... It's I guess same thing for me when I watch somebody like Pat Barber at CrossFit or somebody who's, like, extremely better than me. I'm like, okay... You used to be just like me, and now you're this because of hard work or something like that. You know, it was it was cool to well, see. Yeah, I mean, it brings you down from
0: from a like a godlike status sure. to yeah. where we're just you're just a regular human. And we did that podcast with Alex Benayan, yeah. Who after reading his book, I was like, oh my god, I fucking love this guy. Right. Like this guy's amazing. Like, I can't believe his life. I can't believe the things that he's done and it's just so many rich experiences. Mm. We've recorded the podcast. Awesome. And then after the podcast, we talked about some of the things that kind of dovetail with what we're talking about now. Right, real life. through that, I'm like, you are just a, you're just like a regular dude. Mm -hmm. Like, you, like, like us. Yeah. And it made me feel more comfortable being able to express things to him. Yeah. Because, you know, if we're talking about power dynamics in the dynamic that we're playing in, which I don't know what you call it, but, um, it sounds so fucking lame, but like, uh, thought leaders are, are, you know, we have a podcast where we share information. He's writing books where, where he shares information and in, in that information space, He's infinitely more popular than us. Yeah. He's got a really amazing book that deserves to be read by millions yeah. and millions of people. It, it, it deserves to be a bestseller. So there's a part of me that's like, cool, you are the boss here. Right. You know, you're leading the way in the same way that when we invite all the wholesale partners in, mm-hmm. we're controlling how, you know, we build the schedule we make the presentations. Right. And just the fact that they're on our turf here in Santa Cruz shifts the power dynamic slightly mm-hmm. towards, towards us. Sure. So acknowledging some of these things really helps alleviate that and, mm-hmm. and helps you kind of like, oh, go, go in. We can have this conversation. Yeah. Right? And I feel comfortable with it.
1: Yeah. I, it's funny to think back to that podcast because my favorite, the favorite part of that podcast actually was probably the second half because the first half, He's so polished and good at what he does. The first half, he was, like, ready to answer in the way he answers. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he is a, he's a formulaic human being. But there was this mutual respect that happened about halfway through where he's like, oh, these, we're like, we think similarly. We, we, we question things similarly. We have deeper thoughts that they're, they want to actually get to know me. Right. They don't want to just know about my product. And, like, they for sure care about my experiences and stuff. But there was something, you know what I'm saying? Like, you could see that shift. You could feel that shift. You will hear that shift to go back and listen to it, where it goes from answers he's given a ton of times to true Alex Benayan's brain. And that was so sick to me.
0: Thinking in the moment. And that's, I'm not trying to claim anything for him, but maybe that's him breaking down those... Barriers in his own mind yes, of maybe. expectation. Right. Not of these guys are have a heavier power dynamic. No. But if, if you put things out
1: there, you would assume that people have a certain expectation of how you're going to be. Or maybe even when in my mind, I was almost more like maybe he th- thinks that we only value him because of his book. Oh, interesting. And yeah. to me, which I, I actually don't value him because of his book, honestly. Like the book was really cool, but I... For me it was it felt like he realized that we want to know him as a person for real, that's whether that's the right answer or not is how it felt to me. Yeah,
0: I'd never thought of that. My brain you're probably you're probably right. It's probably a combination of all, all kinds of things right. like from the practical side, I'm like, okay, cool. I wrote a book. I'm on this book tour basically promoting this book. I have a set of things that I need to talk about that are in the book so that people can understand what I'm talking about. And he should do that. He should do that because there's this fear of if I let the conversation go too organic, maybe no one's going to get an idea of what the book's all about. And it's okay to have a vested interest in what you're doing. You should do that. And then the second level is if you do enough podcasts, not that we're like the best ever or whatever, but having some sort of canned answers basically protects you from people who are idiots. No, for sure.
1: And And from from boring podcasts, people can
0: come in asking you like super not thoughtful questions, right? Maybe people that haven't even read the book that don't know what you're about at all. And you know, we, I do that a lot when people email me, like if, if a reporter emails me and they're asking questions, I'll often pivot to what I want to talk about rather than what they're, specifically ask me example when we were opening up the new shop in aptos some of the local local papers reached out and they're asking questions like so what kind of menu is the new shop going to have are you going to have the same pastries that the
1: portola
0: shop and i'm just like this is the most boring question no, who ever to even
1: ask that que- yeah, yeah so Ooh, instead then. of
0: a- answering that question you know, you, you flip it on its head and, and say something about our, our mission, vision, yeah, and and values. And you know, she's asking about pastry. Is it gonna have the same thing? And I'm like, or, like do you like, come for just
1: our pastries or, or, or just, just like, our coffee
0: only? Like it's gonna have, you know, it's going to be another place where we live out our mission of leaving people feeling happier than we were before and then Boom, like going into a whole right. whole thing on that. Because that's what's really compelling. It's also what really matters. To it's us. A, <laughs> it's not no one's really just like, oh man, I'm so glad that you have the pinwheel. I can't, <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I, can't. I come for the pinwheel <laughs> and not from the friendly people or the space or the environment but I or think any of it. It's an interesting point that you make because I wonder, you know, when you become that large or you become that famous like for, known. for that thing. Right. Like, it's probably hard to assess, like, who really wants to be your friend, who really thinks you're an awesome human vi- being versus who's just attaching
1: themselves to you because of this thing that you wrote. Yeah. I mean, and that's always going to be a thing. You know, like, we've talked about it on this podcast. Like, do people really like us as leaders or do they like the stuff and the, you know, whatever we I, and I'm not even expressing it how we express it. You can go back to wherever those podcasts are. We talk about this, but it's like, do you actually like me or do you just respect me as a boss? And it doesn't matter when you're the boss because you have to actually just get over that and know that maybe not everybody's going to like you. They're going to have to love and respect your ideas and believe in what you believe in. So that's a whole different thing. But at the same time, it's equally hard to feel like your value is held in, my value is Cat and Cloud, not my value is Jared Truby mm-hmm. and or Chris Baca or Alex Benayan or freaking whatever, Tim Ferriss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know that that's... I mean, I, I guaranteed he's felt like that. I guaranteed anybody who's ever done anything positive and meaningful will feel like that at times. So anyway, yeah, interesting stuff. I, we tangent it a little bit, but I think it's an important thing to remember that you're obviously your value. I guess that's part of why I think our company, though, and our people are special and that we find such amazing people is that we are obviously looking for skills and talents and we're looking for cultural fits, but we are genuinely after helping people become better and getting to know human beings and allowing them to be themselves, but also molding them into as best we can and as best they will allow us to, the best version of themselves in the context of what we can do in our business and in the world. And that I guess we talked about it at the forum as well. It takes time because everybody comes with baggage and assumption that like we're just trying to, we or any boss, meaning we is utilizing a human to get something more for their business. Like you're somehow still, no matter how the, what they say still a cog in a wheel and everybody does need to work together. Synergy teamwork. That is all true in some degree because of the reason and the function of a business, but it's far more with us and we, we put our money where our mouth is in terms of following through with the things we promise.
0: I think we're good at it. I mean, we I, mean, I think we, make, we, we put some intentionality
1: behind it. Yes. I mean,
0: I made the claim yesterday that every employee that you have is damaged goods. Without a doubt. Because everyone's had really shitty work experiences At as a whole. Like, people's work life is not super amazing. People don't listen to people. You, you can't lead someone unless you know who they are, because the idea of a copy paste template for leadership or management just doesn't work. People are too complex. And if you apply to, if you try to copy paste, like just in the way someone's going to maybe make assumptions about you or interact with you in a certain way because of what you wrote or what you did, right. you're missing out on what makes that person an individual. And it's going to it's gonna put like a glass ceiling above them and your ability to let them be whatever they want to be, and it's 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 stupid and it's just so simple. You know, we were talking with the highbrow people, and they we were talking about like you know what you know what are what are people what are people expecting? Like sometimes it feels lackluster. Like how do I know if I'm doing enough? Or what do people want? And we were like, just dude, don't underestimate the value of simply listening and caring
1: and working that in because most people don't have that. It's funny because I'm kind of having this epiphany that's really obvious, but like it's not perfect in your life either. So what I'm saying is people often maybe put too high of expectations on the people they work with in the work environment, i.e., when you have your life and you're free and you're just out in your life, you just get to say no to anything you don't want to be around or do, i.e., I don't like that dude, I don't like that girl, I don't like that whoever, so I'm just not going to be around them. I'm just going to stay away. You don't get that luxury necessarily when you go to a workplace. So to expect for kind of the protection and the perfection of being able to pre- like design your life bubble and the structure of people around you and try to assent- assume that you can do that in your workspace is kind of a, f- a farce in and of itself. But what's interesting is deep down, our business is actually hope truly in the things that we were working on are helping people learn to be more open, accepting, and communicate with a far more diverse group of people than we probably by default would allow ourselves to do in our lives. And I'm just realizing that, and I think that's a really cool epiphany for me, because you are forced to be around people that you would not, and we actually have done a great job of bringing people together who probably would in some degree all hang out and have a great time, and they do, but not every day like your best friend or your best group of friends or even... Your family, like you do you don't do well with your family. Everybody fights. And to I think what we do is work on tools to allow people to be better at all of that through this workplace. I know we work on that. That is actually a big part of what we've been working on for the last three years and are beginning to deliver to our team and it's being effective. And I I'm actually, I guess, having like a proud moment right now, realizing that. We're helping people, whether they realize it or not, if they choose to participate, to be better outside of our cafe with hopefully the relationships that they're in because they work with us. And that actually, that's actually a goal of ours. It's just kind of a hidden goal that might come out of just being here and participate, engaging in our culture, engaging in the things we're trying to do.
0: I mean, there's so many happy accidents that happen when you start crazy. talking about... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I just tripped myself like, out. Yeah, that's no,
0: all. I, it's... When you were talking, it was all, like, coming to me. I mean, it feels like there's... Yeah, whatever. I was going to say something completely obvious and ridiculous. Do it. Uh, Sometimes you only need to hear obvious and it's, ridiculous. It's just the ri- the ripples, the, the ripple effect of everything that you do is, is probably doing more than you know, which is just reiterating what you just said, and... Well, I needed that today, though. There's You know what I mean? There's yeah. n- There's nothing that's really that isolated. It's like Like, if you... If you teach someone how to communicate with someone who's different than them, and they take that outside of work, right? This, you know, theoretically, we could have world peace. <laughs> so. You know, and that's like right. the ultimate stretch, and, and sounds super corny, but people don't really relate super well to each other, especially right now, especially people that are different than yeah. them. We talked about this in the last podcast. Yeah, you'll hear. About it's it's not news, but that's kind of a cool little revelation that you're like, oh yeah, maybe this extends beyond the walls of the cafe and. And people are having better communication with their spouse, with people around them in the world with... I think they might. That'd be fucking
1: super dope. Well, and I mean, I knew it was happening in like a whole different way because we send people to origin. And and the way people come back and be like, man, the way certain other companies and people treat that experience, it's not necessarily a bad or good. It's just different. They're like, man, they treat it so transactional compared to how I felt when I was there and what I wanted it to do. And... I would argue it's because, one, we hire amazing people who are caring and empathetic. But two, we teach relationship building and and connection from the beginning and care in, a, in that way. And because of that, they go to places like Origin and they connect, care, have experiences with farmers who they kind of stay in contact with as best they can and try their best to reach back out to and they want to; they actually want to be there because of the human, not because of the product. And I guess that's a big deal to me. I'm really stoked on that. And it's not, it wasn't, it was always there, but it was always kind of in tangent with the coffee and the business and providing opportunity for and a life for myself and my family and, you know, us. But to know that it's kind of bigger, it's not kind of, it's way bigger than that. And that that bigger is people, not necessarily just straightforward success and like life experience. That's a pretty cool thing to learn on a Friday. (laughs) That's a pretty cool (laughs) thing to learn for Jer on a Friday.
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe we just... uh, I don't know. That's it. Real bad. Let's let's pee. pee. Let's go see Charles is going to be here in like five minutes. Mm, Cinco minutos. Have a great week, everyone. Okay, goodbye.